Hey guys, it's Jean here. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you are having a fabulous day. Just a quick reminder, if you enjoy this episode, please help me out by giving me a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, and hit the subscribe button. This helps me learn what kinds of information you guys like, so I know to create more of it. Okay, let's jump in because I'm really excited for today's episode where we are going to be talking about how to build a healthy relationship with competition. Raise your hand if you've ever gotten some competition anxiety or if your view has swung back and forth when it comes to competition. Like some days, You are feeling like, yes, I love competition. This is great. This is fun. And other days, you're more along the lines of, why the heck do I do this to myself? I do not like this. I know having a healthy uh, relationship with competition can feel like a balancing act for dancers, but then also for some teachers and parents. And I get it. I've had times in my life where I loved every part of competing in dance, and then others, I totally despised competition and decided it was the root of all my stress and unhappiness, and I just rejected it completely. Right now, since we've had a bit of a break from the normal competition life, it's a great time to step back and evaluate our relationship with competition. If that is an area, if that is an area of dance um, you are interested in, so as Irish dancing becomes in, an increasingly competitive sport, it can cause some stress and anxiety for many people, right? And in that situation, we have two options. So we can first totally reject the idea of competition and decide it's bad and puts unnecessary stress on dancers. Like I said, I've been on that side of the spectrum too before. And what's really helped is option number two, or what's helped me and what's helped lots of the dancers I work with is option number two, and that's changing our relationship with competitions. As humans, we're really good at blaming things. (laughs) Here's an example. Let's say you're trying to lose weight, okay? You start becoming obsessive with the scale because the scale sometimes going up, sometimes it's going down. You then declare the scale, it is the scale's fault and the scale is bad because you've become obsessive. When in reality, it's your relationship with the scale that needs to be explored. After all, the scale is simply an inanimate object on the floor. It's just a box on the ground. It's you who is assigning a number and possibly even a level of worthiness to that number. So just one example of how as humans we tend to blame the thing versus our relationship with the thing. This happens in relationships too. We blame the person versus blaming our relationship with the person and our own part in that relationship. Okay, so when a dancer goes to a major, doesn't get the placement they want, and feel 
feels extremely disappointed or extremely anxious, it's easy for that dancer to put the blame on the competition or on competition itself and say, competitions are stressful, they're too much pressure for me or too much pressure for dancers. When in reality, it's your relationship or the dancer's relationship to the competition that needs to be changed. It's not necessarily the competition itself. The super fun part about being human and one of the reasons that you know humans are unique is that we have the power to change our perspective and our thoughts thus our reality we get to change the lens we see the world through you get to decide if competition is a celebration of dancing and none of their stepping stone to mastering your craft way to focus your energy or you get to measure, you know, you can use as a measurement of your self-worth. I don't recommend that. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. But you get to choose how you view competition and how it plays a role in your life. Now, I don't believe it's fair for me to tell you to completely change your lens of relationship with competition, then turn off my mic and go make a sandwich and watch dating reality shows. <laughs> I'm going to spend some time right here to break down how to change your relationship with competition. I promise that by the end of this episode, you'll have the tools you need to start examining your own relationship with competition and to start making some changes you may need in your mindset when it comes to competition. Okay, are you ready, Freddies? <laughs> Let's do this. Welcome to the Fesh Fit Podcast, where we talk about all things strength, conditioning, to help you crush your dancing goals. My name is Jean, and I'm a trainer, lifelong dancer, and mover. I'm so grateful you're here, and I cannot wait to see all we can do together. So if you guys have listened to my podcast before, you know I like to break things down in steps, because I feel like steps make more complicated tasks or make you know bigger things um, more digestible. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. And I'm going to break down um, building a healthier relationship with competition into five steps. Okay. All right. So number one, you've got to decide what you really want out of dancing. Okay. Decide what you want out of it. And there's no wrong answer here. Nothing is more frustrating and anxiety provoking than not really knowing what you want or where you're going. Because when you don't know what you want, it's hard to make up your mind on anything throughout your day. So once you do know what you want, you can put together a clear and concise plan. And even if you get a bit off track on your plan, because you know, we don't necessarily want to walk a super rigid straight line all the time or you know if your plan changes that's okay but you still have a direction where you are headed and a place to focus your energy versus being all over the place and not knowing you know how to feel or how to interpret certain situations um so do some time um, do some time, take some time to really reflect on what you want. 
Do you want to be a world champion? Do you want to simply dance for fun and enjoy performing? Then maybe do a few occasional competitions? Do you want to get to OC? Do you want to qualify for worlds? Do you want to focus only on teams? Do you simply want to dance and enjoy the community aspect of dancing and just see how far you can go for fun? Like there's no right or wrong answer here. Every person is different and that's the beautiful part about dance and movement is that you can use it however you want to use it. There's no one answer that's better than the others. We are all beautifully unique people with different points of views, life experiences, and values. You just have to figure out what you personally want right now. And that can change too. It's not like this do or die decision where you decide something right now and you can never change it. So if you don't, if you're not exactly sure what you want, okay, pick something, go all in, you know, with that, see if you like it. And if you do stay on track, if it feels like it's making you a miserable human, then, you know, pick a different thing that you want out of dancing down the road. So, but figure out what you want. Okay. Um, yeah, that's number one. Decide what you really want out of dancing. All right. Number two, make sure what you want is actually what you want and not just what you think you are capable. Dream big and own it. So when I take on a new dancer for one-on-one coaching, we start with a goal setting session and like a getting to know you session. And I ask dancers about their dancing dreams. And when they say their big dreams, a lot of times it sounds something like this. I think I kind of want to qualify for worlds or I feel like I may want to get on the podium if I can, but that's like super long term. It's almost like dancers often dismiss their goals for fearing failure, which I'll get more into later today. They aim low because they're afraid of aiming high and then falling short. Here's what you need to understand, guys. You are 110% worthy and capable of dreaming big and achieving your goals as long as you are willing to put in the work and refuse to give up. But you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to own your dreams. Big dreams are awesome. Own them, turn them into goals, turn it into actionable steps, write them down, okay, so you know where you are focusing your energy. So that's number two. Number two, make sure you make sure what you want is actually what you want and not just what you think you are capable of. Okay? Dream big and own it. Don't be afraid to dream big. All right, number three. Identify your negative thoughts in, around competition and change your story. Okay? Identify your negative thoughts around a competition and change your story. I want to tell you guys a story um, about how the story we tell ourselves, how are that internal narrative affects our lives. Okay. All right. So story time. (laughs) Um, A couple of years ago, 
I was at a coffee shop. Um, it's one I go to regularly. And at the back of the coffee shop, there's this group of five or six businessmen in like their 40s and 50s. Um, it's this group of friends and they get together usually every week. They discuss life and many of the regulars at the coffee shop, like myself, know them and sit with them and chat with them. Um, they're really friendly and I had chatted with them several times. So when I walked in that day, um, I saw them and I decided to stop by their table in the back and say hello because it had been a while. So while I was sitting with them, another one of my friends who, you know, didn't know this group of guys happened to stop in as well. Okay, listen up because the setup of the story, like the actual physical setup is important. So listen, I was sitting with the businessmen, okay, so this group of like five to six guys. Um, my friend sat down to work on his computer at the table next to us. Okay, so here I am at the table. He's at the table next to us. Now, I want to talk really quickly about my friend here because it is something we can all learn from and it's critical to the story. That particular friend tends to struggle with some low self-esteem and can and it can come out in ways where he reacts to others um, and in other areas of his life. He often says, you know, how he doesn't like people or how people can be total jerks. Um, so that's important for the story, okay? That's, you know, the lens he saw life through. At one point, one of the businessmen stood up to go to the bathroom. He tripped over my friend's bag, and everyone at our table, so all of his friends, laughed at the businessman's clumsiness. So they saw him trip over a bag, and they laughed, ha, 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 he tripped over a bag. Okay? Now, let's fast forward to that evening. I saw my friend at the gym, and I asked how the rest of his day was. He goes, can you believe those guys? And I was really confused. Like, I was trying to think if those guys had told a funny joke or if they, like, or if, I, he seemed upset, but I was like, why would he be upset? He didn't even really talk to us that much. Like, what? So then he went on and he goes, that one guy kicked my bag and then they all laughed at me. Then it dawned on me. Because the narrative he told himself was that people could be total jerks and he didn't like people, that's how he perceived the world. So that's how he perceived that situation. He missed the reality of the earlier situation and shaped it to fit his lens. This is just, and that was just one small glimpse of the lens through which he saw the world. So someone tripping over his bag wasn't someone tripping. It was them intentionally doing something wrong to him and being a total jerk, thus fitting into the narrative he tells himself about life and, you know, the world and himself. Now, what the heck does someone tripping over a bag and someone thinking they kicked the bag, what does that have to, what does that have to do with dancing and competition? The thoughts we have about ourselves in competition are what form our experience. So if we view competition as frustrating and pointless and anxiety provoking and do or die situation because we feel like, you know, or we feel like we can never get anywhere or we don't do as well as we want to, that's the lens we are choosing. So, and so that's how we're going to see the whole experience. So anything that happens throughout that day, we're going to fit into that lens. 
So how do you change your lens and your thoughts? Because, you know, this is way easier said to change your thinking than done. So let's break it down. Okay, so the first step is you have to become aware of your lens and your thoughts in the first place. Because if you don't even know what you're telling yourself to start with, and you're just letting a little tape run in your head, is running rampant with negative thoughts about yourself, you can't change it. So sit somewhere quietly and explore your thoughts around yourself in your relationship to competing. Okay, so you can, even if you're just sitting quietly, this is like a great meditation where you just sit quietly, think of competing, and think about what pops up in your head. Okay, and don't judge the thoughts. Just let them come in, okay? And as they come in, go ahead and just write them down so you can really look at them more objectively versus it being, you know, just all jumbled in your head. And I know this is a big task, so here's a few questions you can start with in this exercise. Okay, so you're sitting quietly, relaxed, breathing, um, somewhere comfortable. And first, I want you to ask yourself, what are your beliefs about yourself in general? Okay, and remember, don't come from, it's not about judging yourself. It's not about, you know, being hard on yourself here. Just what comes to mind immediately, your beliefs about yourself. Okay, then what are your beliefs about yourself as a dancer? Okay, so think about your dancing life. What are your beliefs about? It can be about anything, about, you know, the technical pieces of dancing, or it can be about your friendships in dancing, or it can be about your association with dance, your dance school and your dancing, anything, okay? Just what are your beliefs about you and dancing? And the third thing is what are your beliefs about yourself in competition? And what are your beliefs about competition? Okay, and just write those down. Said, so just let it flow. Um... And if you're finding that, that activity a bit difficult, like you, you really can't think of anything, um, another one you can do is uh, called the positive negative notebook activity. Throughout your day, keep a little notebook, okay? Just like a tiny little one you can put in your purse or in your pocket or your dance bag or wherever. Um, and when you have, or you can actually use your notes app too, now that I think about it. So yeah, you can use your notes app too. But anyways, when you have a positive thought about yourself, Give yourself a heart, okay? When you have a negative thought about yourself, give yourself an X. At the end of the day, look back and see how you are talking to yourself all day long, okay? So for example, let's say you wake up in the morning, you look at your alarm clock and you think like, oh, I'm never gonna get done all the things I have to do today. Like, I'm so stressed, okay? And it doesn't feel good. That would be an example of a negative thought. So, you know, you give yourself an X. You, you know, maybe you do your hair and your makeup and you think like, oh, man, I, you know, don't look as good as I want to, like blah, 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 blah. That would be another X, okay? Or maybe it's the flip side. Maybe you look in the mirror and you think, wow, I look awesome today, okay? That would be a heart. Um, so, Go through and notice how many times you are giving negatives to yourself and how many times you are giving your positives to yourself. So first, said both these activities is just about building that awareness, okay? Because you have to know, you have to um, realize what, or you have to bring to the surface what you are thinking about all day long if you want to change it, okay? Now, 
Once you start becoming aware of your thoughts, then it's time to add in new thoughts that serve you. I want you to pick three things you love about yourself, things that you are so grateful for to have in your life. Write them down and look back at them throughout the day. So this can be on your notes app. You can write three things down. You can write them down like on your hand. You can write it down on a notebook, index card, wherever you want to write it down, post-it note, okay? But look at them throughout the day and remind yourself, you know, what you love about yourself. The goal here is to work on focusing your energy towards um, your, uh, and towards, uh, oh, sorry, brain fart here. The goal here is to work on focusing your energy towards loving yourself, okay, and approaching yourself from a place of love and approaching your day from a place of love and gratitude, not hate and self-doubt and self-criticism, um, yeah, and all that. So first, recap, identify your thoughts, and then start to change your story. All right, so that's number three. So quick recap, guys, um, just because I know we're covering a lot of information. Number one, decide what you really want out of dancing. Number two, make sure you want is actually what you want and not just what you think you are capable of. Dream big and own it. Number three, identify your negative thoughts around competition and change your story. Okie dokie. Let's talk about number four. Number four is probably my favorite point because when you fully understand this, your life will change not only in dance, but in pretty much everything. The world just completely opens up. And that is to get friendly with failure. Okay? Failure can be your best friend if you use it right. The way schools hand out a test, they give you, like, you know, the test where you get one shot to pass, then, you know, that grade is your final grade, and you can't take the te- retake the test. That whole method of, like, getting a t- one test, and then it's like, you either do awesome or you fail, like, that is literally the exact opposite of how success really works in life. <laughs> if you want to be successful, you have to learn to get friendly with failure. Failure often has a super negative connotation in our culture. We see failure as being a dead end. When in reality, failure is literally the beginning. It's the starting line. It's the universe's way of showing us we still have work to do. Every successful person has failed at some point. And the further you want to go in your dancing journey or in any type of journey in life, the more you are going to fail. So one of the most important skills you can develop is learning how to fail, get back up, and then keep going. Failing up. Here is one of my favorite failing stories, and that's the story of Walt Disney. Okay, if you want to Google other, like, famous failure stories, there are a ton of these. Um, Disney's, like, one of my favorite things ever, so I like telling his story. As we probably all know, Walt Disney is the founder of the Walt Disney Company. And Walt was born in the early 1900s, okay, in 1901. And in 1990, or, <laughs> in 1919, not 1990, geez, 1919, he got a job at his local newspaper and soon after was fired for lacking imagination and having no good ideas, okay? Now guys, can you imagine that? Being fired from a job, like a job you really wanted and told that you had no imagination 
and no good ideas. <laughs> like that, that's kind of harsh. And can you imagine what would have happened if Walt stopped there and declared he sucked at being creative? Like, he was just told. He lacked imagination. So Walt could have easily, in that situation, been like, oh, well, don't have any imagination. I guess I should just, you know, call it quits. And, like, if he simply called it quits on any cre on any creative endeavors or anything that involved um, imagination... You know, there wouldn't have been the Walt Disney Company. There wouldn't have been Walt Disney World and all the Disney movies. I mean, it could have he could have easily just, you know, called it quits and then got a job selling insurance instead. Not saying that isn't a great job. I'm just saying the entire Disney brand wouldn't have been creative if Walt decided he had no imagination and went to go sell insurance. <laughs> okay, let's move along. Instead of giving up on his dreams, Walt started a company called Laughogram, producing cartoon animations. His biggest client was one of the largest theater chains. chains. So he finally made it, right? Not so much. Unfortunately, he didn't earn enough, declared bankruptcy, and basically had to start all over again with his career. Now, he's already failed Fall. He's already fall. He already fell flat on his face twice. He easily could have given up then. Didn't his failure prove that he wasn't good on working on these working on these creative endeavors? Wasn't he just wasting his time because he wasn't getting anywhere? Shouldn't he just throw all this mumbo jumbo creative nonsense in the garbage and get his act together? He could have thought all of that, and he could have just given up on his dreams. Instead, he kept going. He learned from those failure, failures and he went on and started the Disney Brothers Studio, which is now known as the Walt Disney Company. Even with his Disney Company, it was five years until he created Mickey Mouse and started gaining real traction. So within any of those five years of struggling, he could have just given up and thrown in the towel and be like, well, I've been working so hard for two years, it isn't working. Or, well, I've been working so hard for three years or four years, is isn't working. But he kept going. Okay, and now, you know, he runs one of the largest companies and most successful companies in the world. So if you Google successful people who failed stories, like I said, you'll find tons of these stories. And it's a really fun thing to do. Um, why are there so many of these stories? Because failure is part of success. The game isn't about who can fail the least amount and be the most perfect. It is who can fail, get back up, learn from the failure, and keep going. So, next competition. Remember, you've already won by putting in the work and showing up. If you work your butt off and you still don't reach your goals, it's just another learning experience and stepping stone to reaching your goals. Putting in the work is where you win. Learning from your failures and improving is where you win. The process is where you win. The competition is simply extra validation of your efforts. Okay, but the work, the process, the learning, the growth, that's where the true reward lays, lies. <laughs> that's where it is. Okay, um, so fall in love with failure. Get friendly with failure. Don't be afraid of it. It's there as, it's there as your greatest teacher. It is your greatest teacher. All right, number five, 
fall in love with the process. Like I said before, the process is the reward. If you base your satisfaction level with dancing and yourself on a subjective score from some guy or lady you don't even know, you are going to be constantly going insane. (laughs) If your base level of satisfaction with yourself and dancing is what you put into each day and every day, you will find that you are much happier and more fulfilled in that area of your life. Wake up every day feeling grateful for the process of improving your dancing. Never give up and the results will follow. Okay? Okay. That's all I have for you guys today. I know that was a lot of info. So quick recap over all this. Okay, number one. Decide what you really want out of dancing. Remember, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Okay, it's just what you really want right now. And it can change, and that's okay. Hey, <laughs> number two, make sure what you want is actually what you want and not just what you think you are capable of. Dream big and own it. Don't be afraid of big dreams, okay? Get excited for your dreams. Believe in yourself that you can achieve them. Write them down and create an action plan. Number three, identify your negative thoughts around competition and yourself and change your story. In order to change your thoughts and change your lens, you have to identify your lens and identify your thoughts. Okay, then you can work to change it. All right, number four, get friendly with failure. Failure is our best teacher. Okay, and we have and we can be grateful for failure because it does help us grow. So get friendly with it. And number five, fall in love with the process because the process is where you truly win. All the hard work, all the frustration, all the dedication, all just that feeling good in your body and showing up every day for yourself, that's the process, okay? When you fall in love with the process, you win every time and the results will follow. Also, I want to give you guys a little thank you um, by giving you a coupon for $10 off my new Inner Circle program. So the Inner Circle is an exclusive membership site that helps dancers improve their strength, power, technique, and stamina, as well as boost their confidence. Now, this is great for dancers who are really competitive and adults or other dancers who, you know, aren't quite as competitive and just want to learn to move well and fall in love with movement and get stronger and improve themselves. Okay, so the inner circle is welcoming for all. The coupon code um, is September or SEPT 202110. Okay, let me repeat that again. So it's all caps. S-E-P as in Peter, T as in Tom, two zero two. One one zero S E P T two oh two one one zero. You can enter it at checkout and you'll get ten dollars off the inner circle this month. The coupon code will turn off on September first, twenty twenty. So get in now if you want it. Also, just a heads up, this coupon code is not valid with other um, coupon codes. So if you're at a dance school um, that's partnered with Fesh Fit and you already get a discount on the program, it's not with that one too, okay? You can't have all the discounts. I have to be able to buy groceries and pay my rent. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
Um, I've heard it over and over again from dancers I work with that having the structure from the inner circle in place has completely transformed not their dancing, but their confidence levels too. Because they are consistent and methodical with their training instead of just doing a bunch of random exercises every once in a while. So that's all I have for you guys. Remember, coupon code SEPT202110. You can enter it, check out, and you'll get $10 off the Inner Circle this month. Thank you so much for listening um, again, guys. And please make sure to leave me a five-star review if you found this helpful. And subscribe if you liked this episode today. Um, I had so much fun chatting with you. And until next time, um, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.